Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Okay, everybody. Well, thank you for joining me on yet another 2020 edition of the Richard Listens Show. We're uh, doing an escape room podcast today, or at least experimenting with a new soundproofing studio. So if I'm taking long pauses, it's because I'm looking for my escape route. Um, But this is all part of a bigger picture move into uh, finding a longer permanent location to have our guests that are can make it on scene here in Los Angeles uh, to do some face-to-face videos and to continue diversifying the type of content we deliver. Uh, we will be on the field with uh, some XFL interviews coming up uh, in the next couple weeks, and I'll be playing around with a bunch of different guests, co-hosts, and uh, not limiting uh, the type of content we bring. So we are, again, open. Instagram, Richard Listens. Uh, Facebook, Richard Listens. Check out the website, and if there's any type of person that moves you, the work they do, it affects you, it impacts you, and you want to share that work, uh, please reach out to me. Uh, we are uh, continuing to expand who we have who we bring on the show. So we've had therapists, we've had musicians, we've had directors before. This is, uh, we've even had a soul hacker. <laughs> so today, uh, we are going to look um, more into coaching uh, improv therapy and, uh, spiritual teaching. My guest today, who, um, I've been fortunate probably to know, uh, about a decade now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm getting up there <laughs> when you start knowing people like, uh, for, for, you know, the relationships are enduring and they, you see them take turns in their career and the choices they make. Uh, it, it's pretty exciting to have the conversation about what motivates them and what prompted them along their path. So my guest today is Mr. Daniel Noor. He is a Kabbalah teacher. He's also a certified Theta healer, which I'm excited to learn more about. I've heard a lot about that and a lot of people talking about how that helps them get to deeper levels of healing. He is also a um, storyteller and improviser. So um and working on a certification as a laughter coach, <laughs> sign me up. I'll be your first client. <laughs> we can do some laughing right here, right now. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it right now as I try and get out of my escape room of a podcast studio. But, you know, it's funny, uh, Daniel, you know, before you introduce yourself, one time I was invited as an extra uh, for somebody's movie. Mm-hmm. And the only instruction was, uh, I guess it was a comedian. And his wish was that everyone would laugh at his jokes, that he wasn't funny. <laughs> so they had you for several minutes at a time. No matter what he said on stage, you'd have to laugh. And initially I <laughs> went so in. Cool. Yeah, I was like judging and how am I going to do this? And this is so. But inevitably, if you laugh, physically laugh for three to five minutes, you cannot really be depressed. You walk no. out 
I felt it's very, very to hard people. to laugh and be depressed at the same time. <laughs> Take up for that challenge. Yeah. So I was a mess. I was like walking out feeling like these people were my best friends. And I knew that I was a part of some uh, experiment. Yeah. There's a lot of power to it. We can talk a little bit. Yeah. About yeah. So please tell us. Thank you for being here. First thank of all. Thank you make, for having me. Yeah. It's a very cool show. I love it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit more. I mean, now you mentioned to me, you, now you've been a Kabbalah teacher for over 10 years? 15. Or? 15 yeah 15 years and and this was like you know this is an interesting challenge right because it's been something you've done uh your parents introduced you brought or me you, to it correct they brought you to it and yet you appreciated it and felt guided towards it um so so talk a little bit about that about finding something powerful but doing it at a young age and then you know, later on getting this kind of intuition that, that it could expand or, or move in different directions. Yeah. I love the way you phrase the question. Very good. Uh, <laughs> no, putting it in very good perspective because this is exactly what happened. So I found Kabbalah through my parents. I was like 17 and immediately it clicked and I, I, I found, uh, just purpose, I would say, purpose and meaning. Everything started to make sense. There was a bigger picture to life through these teachings and this universal wisdom. Um, and immediately I knew I was called to to teach it. Uh, I, I felt like just a passion in my soul to to share this knowledge with others. That's all what I wanted to do. And I was very fortunate to start doing it when I was 20. Uh, so, like, in retrospect, I look back and say, how come these people let me <laughs> travel around? Because I started at the Kabbalah Center in London and uh, coached people that were uh, twice and double, three times, triple my age, uh, traveling around, uh, managing study groups, um, teaching, coaching, and at that age. And yeah, I made tons of mistakes and, and I learned a lot, um, but I feel very fortunate to be given that opportunity at that time. Yeah, so I, a topic on one of my shows recently was about, you know, the, the imposter effect. Yeah. And it's feeling like you're doing it, but... Are they going to discover that I don't know everything? Right, right. Are they going to see the mistakes I'm making? Right. You know, almost like looking for the mistakes in their faces. Yeah. How do you deal with that when you're, you know, young and taking on, like, thrusting yourself to the front lines? Yeah, yeah. So, on the one hand, it was empowering. But on the other hand, you're right. It was, um, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And at that time, I didn't realize it. Uh, but that pressure forced me to... Sort of almost like be something that I'm not really. It didn't really capture my essence because I, I would say my essence, I call these soul qualities. We all have gifts and strength that we have that's really connected to our root soul and our essence. And my essence by nature, I'm, I'm, I'm playful. I like things to be fun, light. You know, in my early teen years, I also discovered rap and I freestyled. And today I still write spoken word poetry, but I put all of that aside this fun nature because I, I perceive myself. That's right. I see you release some stuff and I'm like, where does, does he have time for that? Where is that guy? Well, if you're passionate of something, right, it's like time flies. You just make it happen. But um, I perceive, and this is where I started later on to work with belief systems and limited beliefs and self-image and how important that is because I perceived that in order for people to take me serious, I need to be serious. So I put on that mask and I put on this facade and the, the teacher's hat and said, here, this is where... So I, the way that I presented myself, it came from a fear and insecurity. Now, you know, it can work, but it, it you know, people see through it. You don't feel authentic yourself. And, you know, it went on for a few years like that. Uh, so in the process, I felt like I've lost touch a little bit with my true essence and who I am. And then I went through an interesting... Uh, process of rediscovering my authentic self. And that's where I found uh, the work of belief system work. That's where I found uh, work of with meditation. That's where I found um, many tools, you know, like theta, a lot of the tools and, and and combined with the wisdom of Kabbalah that just helped me to um, redefine myself, find my true authentic self and uh, allow myself to express that. And the interesting thing is, right, that most of the time, what are we afraid of is like a complete illusion, right? So I was afraid that I won't be taken serious or I need to present myself in a certain way. And the exact opposite is true, right? Like if pe if I allow people to see who I really am, which I thought they would, wouldn't take serious or they would judge that, the fear of being judged, um, the more I did that, the more 
receptive people were because they just felt this is more authentic. This is who you are, right? Right, and then it's where like we project our fears onto other people. Exactly. You know, I have tennis players that come see me, and the whole time they're like, "What is that person thinking about when I'm going to hit the tennis ball?" Mm. And so they're tensing up, they're freezing up, they're judging me. You know, and I said, well, you know, first of all, are these judgmental people? So, yeah, they're going to judge me no matter what. If you win, they're going to judge you that you're winning too much. I said, good, they'll move on to your hair and your shoes. Right. So first is to accept, you know, that that may be, you know, the fan's nature is to judge or criticize no matter what. Yeah. The second thing is, you know, like they always say, like, picture your audience like undressed or something like that. Like, you know, like you don't know that person could be thinking about their laundry list, like to inject a fun thought like that. Yeah. To make them a lot less, you know, of a threat. Yeah. 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 Um, Because a lot of the judgment starts within us, right? We know if we're hiding from what we're truly passionate about and if we're being authentic or not. Yeah. Uh, And it's one of the things I love about uh, this podcast. I used to get immediate feedback either through co-hosts or people who listen to it who care about me. And they'd be like, you only spoke for four minutes. You only spoke for eight minutes. Like what, what, like what's happening? You know, they didn't let me hide. Uh huh. And I think that gift is, is really wonderful because it's like, you realize like, well, yeah, these are people are saying from complete love and they want to see more of my gifts. Yeah. Why am I holding it back? Yeah. Uh, So that's when you get to the belief systems, right? You start getting to like, am I supposed to speak? Do people really want to hear me? Do they, do do they, do I think I have something worth saying? Yeah. It's really interesting when we dig deeper and ask ourselves better questions and through the digging process, realize, you know, what's really behind it? Like what's the pattern really, uh, that structures itself as a belief system laid on that for me, it's like uh, forms a false identity. That's how I like to see it, right? That because it's my self-image and how I perceive myself, mm-hmm. and that's how I relate to others. And people can see through that. Everybody can smell it, you know. But <laughs> I'm like still holding on to it, you know. So to to break that old pattern and this old story, and then build a new one that just feels better, feels right. It's it's very exciting. So what do we say? Like, I, you know, I I work with a lot of teens, 18 to 25. They're all in this kind of like, I just met with a lady this morning, son's graduating college. And then they face this, like, what now? Like, I have to become super professional. Mm -hmm. You know, I better get to law school. I better get to, you know, in my case, it was, you know, grad school. It's like, who am I going to be? You know, how do you tolerate this, like, launching into the world and creating your story and wanting to be more professional with finding your authentic self. Yeah, very good question. You know, I work with a lot of people, you know, older people, younger people, middle age. So, but I'm very passionate about when I get to work with younger people um, because I love to, to, to take them to a process, any, anybody really, but I think if you're able to do that in a young age, it's, it's so beneficial for later on in your life. Um, I think the process, the most important part, starting the process is looking inside and it sounds simple and it sounds like yeah everybody should do that and and yet there are so many external distractions and so many so many people find it so hard to do that simple thing of looking inside and now looking inside there are various forms there's no right or 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 wrong good or bad for some it's meditation for some it's a just silence for some is a walk in nature, for some is journaling, for some is listening to quiet music and go. But this idea of going inward and connecting mm. with ourselves, especially in our time, social media, you know it, like everything Bombarded. is external and hectic and this idea of external versus internal, because it's the, when we pay too much attention to the external, then there's so many side effects that come to that comparison, insecurities, Right. And when we go into and I see a lot of young people comparing themselves insecure and then there's the social pressure and the pressure from their family, what they want them to be. So people oftentimes lose themselves in that outer world, external drama story. Mm-hmm. And and what I would start with is always start with simple things, just taking five minutes a day to look in to look inside and to ask yourself better questions, things like what is my essence? journal about it, write about it, think about it. Like if we train that muscle, we will, we will find our, our authentic self. Yeah. I mean, I hear it as you say it and I hear like the, 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 you know, the, 
critical voices of my clients and people like, you know, how, how do you, you know, like, it seems almost impossible to turn your phone off. So when right. I tell people that I take a 24 hour phone holiday per week and I try <laughs> and do it with my family, yeah. right. And, and the gift that it gives me, like, you know, most people see it as a punishment, but it allows me to slow down. It allows the people in my family when we eat to look at each other's faces totally. and it allows time when I'm walking or by myself to, to listen yeah. to my thoughts. And I feel, you know, from a, you know, my, my specialty and field of somatic psychology is looking at why are we so stressed out? Why are we developing these autoimmune digestive disorders, you know, anxiety, right? What's at the root or even depression, which is the opposite of things are way too much. I have to go hibernate or shut down. Mm -hmm. It's all a survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. And so people from, from being on their phones, like if you look at your Instagram and your Facebook and somebody's on vacation, you're a human being, you're going to be interpreted as a threat. Why aren't I on vacation? Yeah. I must not have gathered enough food for the winter. I must be doing something. And, and so you're not, there's nothing wrong with you for interpreting it that way, you know, and if you keep giving yourself more and more of that media and information, you're going to feel a lack of something. So the ability to disconnect, yeah. uh, either by going quiet. And then the other thing, which, which ties into some of the other work you're doing, uh, you know, and, and areas that I'm moving into teaching in groups in classes, mm -hmm. what you create in that container from mm -hmm. being in uh, a group experience is is amazing right because Absolutely. people come in who they first come in right sitting next to their friends and uh so tell me more about the the improv class yeah. especially that because that you you can't be comfortable for very long and, that's <laughs> and people must know it right <laughs> they know they're signing up for it yeah 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 <laughs> super excited about that um i started to take uh, improv classes early last year and i think i told you like i immediately saw the connection between the art of improv and spirituality. There's so many valuable lessons that I've learned. Uh, things like being in the moment, being okay with failure, um, true, better listening, um, being creative, being in the moment, being in the flow, being playful, all these things that I really wanted, that I really carried inside, but I wanted to develop more and allow it to be more expressed. So it's so beneficial. So when we're talking about like, um, you know, going inside, being being present, like improv is such a beautiful art way to to do that because you you can't right, you cannot be thinking about the past or the future or zone out like you miss the scene, you miss the point, you cannot participate, you have nothing to add if you do that. So it forces so give you. you that feedback right away. Yeah, kind of yeah, the... for sure. You know, oh, I, you know, uh, so you learn from that, right? Um, but that's really, really beautiful uh, art and tool to to be present right we're talking about being on the phone and all all what it does right it's the external or the phone or the media um there are good parts to the media don't get me wrong but <laughs> many times the side effects is like it makes me it makes me not being present either with my family the people in front of me or just my life situation or thinking about others so I did have a full conversation with my son today via GIF photo, so that, was, that did make me laugh. So he's going to get home and be like, he's probably just telling the world that there's something wrong with his dad right now. <laughs> what does this picture mean? Why are you sending me an angry bird? <laughs> got to stay up to date, right? But it's to fuel, uh, you know, an in-person relationship. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely, listen, I could, we can do amazing things. We can connect. I'm sure you have students from all over the world and country that you can reach. Yeah, exactly. Um, even the goal of this podcast is to reach people who right. can download through an app 12 hours later in the opposite side of the world. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not, you know, media bashing. I yeah. certainly, you know, use technology to further and advance every part of my practice. But it is something that I don't think, uh, you know we can ever practice enough this idea of going quiet and going within. Yeah. So I mentioned different art, like writing or journaling or walk in nature or meditation. I see improv just as another tool to connect and be present. 
right? It's some people, it just, they tick that, that way. They need to act things out. And by acting things out, by listening, by collaborating with others, that's how they get in the zone. That's how, that's their zone. That's how they find their flow and their inner connection, right? Mm. So I was very much inspired by that. And I created this uh, workshop that, that is improv. It's improv inspired. And there is uh, an intention behind it to lead it towards transformation. So there's always consciousness and intention behind each exercise, um, divided into three parts. So one one set of exercises is to teach us how to deal with our dark side by acting out things in a fun way, in the scenes and partners, and uh, people have big realizations through these games. Uh, the second part is owning our gifts and strength, and Surprisingly, I find that people find that harder than dealing with their darkness, believe it or not. Like more people are afraid or not willing to see their greatness than they are to deal with their darkness. They don't have problems dealing with their darkness, but like owning their light, it's it's very, very difficult for a lot of people. And the third set is, is a bunch of games and exercises of transforming this dark side mm -hmm. to to light. So it's it's a lot of fun and it's also people have huge realizations and revelations that they wouldn't get from reading a book or sitting in a classroom and that collaboration that you mentioned, right? Working in, in team, I find it magical and fascinating because yeah, nobody's on their phone, right? Everybody's totally there. And you're present. completely vulnerable. You're yes. exposed. Yes. And 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 at first like that is completely, you know, you want to run, but when you yeah. get met with People looking at you, people giving you, you know, even if it's unsettling at first to hear positive things, it's like you can't run from it. Yeah. So it creates this whole new opening, yeah. you know, uh, for relationship. I, I did something, um, I've been introduced from different men that I know into like uh, the power of what they call men's circles. Mm -hmm. And uh, since losing my father last summer, I started to partake in one. And there's a particular group in LA called the Remarkable Men's Practice. And, and this is probably... Uh, duplicatable for for women uh, yeah. as well, and and to be done for different different types of tribes, right? Uh, groups that, and so um, it creates a lot of you know circling, being around the fire, having communication where you're looking at every person, mm -hmm. where there's no where your body language is all facing and present to one another. So beautiful. Yes, and it creates. Uh, I spent a couple days in the woods where I was outside from eight a.m. till almost midnight. And it's uncomfortable, and and you're with people, and and it was some was play, some was work, you know, some was hiking and and, and preparing food, but but it creates this cr tremendous sense of connection, mm -hmm. um, and and you 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 stop seeing the need for these defenses, yeah, uh, or you see how they're truly like causing separation uh, from people, so. Um, but they had an improv exercise. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, it was pretty interesting. So, and I had driven up in, you know, in the car with, with five, uh, men. And so it was all comical. Like, who's going to sit with the, the bag on the shoulder? Who's the tall guy? Who's the shorter guy? Who's, who's going to hold the phone charger, the GPS, you know? Yeah. So that was kind of the, 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 we had to do some sort of improv about, like, I forget what it was, but the exercise immediately, I said, as soon as I got in the group, I said, Oh, I don't know. I don't have any good ideas related to improv. Yeah. And then halfway through, they gave us like a very limited time. I was like, I threw out my idea and everyone jumped on it. Mm -hmm. And so it was pretty fascinating to see like that I immediately discounted yeah. a strength. Yeah. And then later on how like really that leadership is valued. Yeah. So so just getting that feedback in like six minutes, you're able to go, step out and go, where am I doing this yeah. elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. You know, where yeah. am I taking myself out where I could be shifting? Yeah, and there's something very human to it, right? Like, we're all looking for that human connection. And part of being human is messing things up, right? And making mistakes and looking stupid. And, like, and so there's something very freeing about it, about allowing myself to make mistakes, allowing myself to look stupid. And, and being also, of course, in a safe place where you're with your friends or with a group of people where 
They accept you for that. They're celebrating you for that, right? Where failures are being celebrated, it, there's something very, very human about it. I love that. Yeah, um, makes me think of. I'm, I'm reading a book right now. Someone directed me to the author is Kyle Cease. Oh yeah, uh, I love him. Do you know the title? It's about uh, relationship yeah, um, to money. It's about the illusion of money. The illusion of money. I listened to his audiobook. Um, I hope I messed this up. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports, all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's very good. So that I, I'd love to hear that because he was kind of tying into, well, what would you do if you saw Michael Jordan... And he was like working at Subway or something, and he was just happy with getting to the weekend to watch a game. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, if if you could see him for who he's his potential, yeah. and he couldn't see it, yeah, you know. So this kind of element of like not giving ourselves enough credit to see, you know, what's waiting for us if we tear through the fear, you know, yeah. to tear through this role. That we've assigned ourselves to. Yeah. How do you get people to buy in to facing the fear and like, right, doing and failing? Yeah. To, to, to be honest with you, I think a lot of the people that sign up for the first uh, round, <laughs> they, didn't, know. they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know what they get better themselves to, into. <laughs> better to like, <laughs> better to have them locked in the room. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Like, so, um, we we have our second session today. So so last week uh, we did a session, and one of the exercises was about like we won't uh, release this till after the third class. So they don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> one of the exercises was like really um, I won't get into the details of it, but really owning their gifts and like basically convincing the crowd why they're the one and why they're the best and why they should you know get this and get that. Um, so one of the people had such a hard time. You could see her just struggling and like, and the audience is like, uh, tell us one thing, good, a good thing about you. And she's like, I'm a nice person. It's like, what? Like, you know, like, and um, so for me personally, it was hard. It's hard to see people struggling, right. but then I got, so I was a little bit like, you know, annoyed by it myself, you know, like I don't want to have people feel bad. Right. But I feel like I got a message right afterwards because uh, someone that knows her came to me, said like she came back, she was crying, she was. I'm like, oh my god, it made me feel even worse. But then he said, um, but she, that was like one of the biggest breakthroughs she had in her life because she realized that her underlining main limited belief is her self perception of not believing in herself and not feeling worthy and not. And she kind of had an idea, but it wasn't so clear for her. So what it did, it, it bring it to the surface and. When we, when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, do these things, there's a lot of healing that takes place there. So yeah, as uncomfortable as it is to, for the person and to watch, but the results are a big release and big healing that, that and happens the power there. for true connection. When you have other people who see you in that place of yeah. being vulnerable yeah. and you become okay with them seeing you, uh, you know, kind of in this without your defenses up just yeah. being the playful childish yeah. you know giddy person who yeah. you know whatever the inner child whatever you want to then all of a sudden it becomes like it's okay for me to be this way more often you're right right yeah you really retrain your brain and 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 when opportunities come you 
you're more likely to take uh, decisions and make choices that normally you you wouldn't, right? Yeah, I mean, I have a, a soccer coach that I work with, and he's like, well, regularly, he'll say the same like line to me, which triggers my brain. He'll be like, you know, you're like two different people. You know, <laughs> there's one guy, you know, it's a nice way. You know, I'm sure he wants to tell me to, to you know, get lost at that moment, right? <laughs> which is what probably the rest of the world is doing, because they're like... Why are you so serious? Yeah. Why are you so businesslike? You uh -huh. know, but when when he sees me lighter, laughing, playful, uh, he's like, "Who? where is that guy? How do you bring him out? Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we all have that inside, right? It's just like, how often do we allow ourselves that to, to come out, right? So what do we tell, right? We got a lot of people, either they've grown up with, with a lot of challenges, it hasn't been easy. Uh, we know a lot of people have to go to work early. The burdens are there. Life is, is serious. Or they go through a really challenging experience in life, which is then triggers the story of survivor, uh, you know, just, you know, resilient. But they're not enjoying it. They're not getting to, to find that eight-year-old. Yeah. How do we help them... Right, you know, so it's a good question. How can you tap in from the now? Yeah, you know, you cannot force anyone to enjoy, right? <laughs> you cannot force anyone. <laughs> Laugh! Why aren't you laughing? <laughs> it's like any push-ups. Laughter boot camp. We have like a marketing strategy here. <laughs> <laughs> We're onto something. <laughs> Electroshock, uh, if you don't. Know. <laughs> um, but I, I think a good place to start with anything that we're looking to uh, transform um, is acceptance. I think any true change comes first with acceptance, right? Many people um, run away from the pain or they're in denial of it or they don't want to handle it, right? So they're just in that loop of doing, 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 doing or the same routine and and so you come into their life and say, hey, you should be lighter. Yeah, I know that I should be, but, you know, they're just not in that zone and that in that mindset even to, to hear it or to, to where to begin. So the first step is always like acknowledging and accepting. Okay, I, I, feel, I feel burnt out. Okay, I feel like very serious right now. I feel burdensome. I feel, I'm going through this struggle or this, this challenge. I, I, I acknowledge it and I accept it first. And from there's a lot of power in, in, in that because then we can make different choices. There's a possibility for, okay, I tried this, doesn't work for me. Maybe I can start with something small. Maybe I can smile once a day. I can look in the mirror. I can, you know, make my, my, my focus once a day to tell a joke to someone. Or I'm, laughing. I'm laughing because uh, I have a coach from uh, the Windward School, who's going to play in the CIF basketball finals on Saturday night. Congratulations, uh, Windward. Yay. And so we were talking this week because, you know, they win. They don't know they're going to move on. Mm. So I asked him, you know, if you're ready for this next level, can I come out and speak? Uh -huh. So the game is in two days, and, uh, you know, there hasn't been an opening in the schedule. So he, he said, uh, you know, how was the, what was the speech going to be? Yeah. So I said, well, here were the key points, and uh, don't worry, it was a great speech uh, in the mirror. And, like, <laughs> and, and so he started to ask me. I thought that would be the end of the conversation. Yeah. He was busy. Two games, and he's like, no, well, well, you know, how did people respond? And, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, did you enjoy it? Well, you know, so so it was a pretty uh, uh, funny experience about, uh, I don't know why that, that made me think of that exactly, but like, right, the the uh, the allowance the permission to uh enjoy a moment which could have been seen as uh, you know a frustration um yeah. or even in your mind to allow yourself to have that experience of success yeah uh so whether you're you're trying to apply for a promotion you know whatever level is your next level whatever step could be yeah. even if we can't see it yet if you're yeah. not in a relationship and you just want to picture like being on some sort of a successful date, like to have fun with that idea. Yeah. Um, cause think, it, yeah. it creates the, the message to your body to think about this thing, uh, this desired goal is less, uh, aversive and something that it, it could be playful. And in fact, yeah. you'll draw more of it if you're playing and, and laughing at it. Yeah. I see like you can always adapt a comedic mindset. Like, if it depends like how you look at the world right like so in anything you can find in retrospect something amusing or or, or funny in a, in a way right even if you go through 
a challenging time, you can tell yourself in that moment, I know in five years from now, this will be hilarious. You know, right now it feels like this, but like to look, to have an eye for it, to look for, for things that are amusing or to look at it in a comedic way or that that just allows ourselves to also take ourselves a little bit less serious and to yeah. laugh at ourselves. One of the the authors on creativity, it's a hard name to say, it's a Czech name, it's uh, Mika uh, Chick Sent Me High. He's got a book called Flow. So all the creativity studies and psychology are about him. Nice. And his study he was from, uh, always tell people about this, he came from Budapest and uh, I think had to leave uh, right around... Uh, probably around World War II, his parents got out. And, and when he came, they were very poor, and he had seen, the last thing he had seen was bridges being bombed. And was thinking to himself, like, how silly is humanity? They destroy everything. It was mm. a very heavy thought for a young man. But he took, in New York City, like every job, like what you'd call menial job, you know, blue collar, yeah. because he was like, I want to learn what motivates people. So he did like a year as a doorman, a year as a janitor, like, and it's amazing because he was like, you know, for me, I was reading this like, oh, I wouldn't want that job. That's a hard job. Yeah. But he went in with this playful, creative, you know, what gets someone excited in this job and, and learned so much about how it didn't really matter what kind of job you had. It mattered like, what was the creative? What did you get excited about at your work? What did you look forward to? Yeah, how did you, so cool. how did you create meaning and purpose? Yeah. You know, a doorman greets how many people per day, you know, that's uh, an interesting same thing with the, uh, you know, what the, uh, the, the toll collector on the, on the freeway, right? You're like, uh -huh. Oh, he's sitting in the booth. <laughs> how many people could he say? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. <laughs> so, yeah, that that perspective, that that willingness to look at your life a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about. Um, so so you're now gonna after improv, you're gonna have a, a laughter class. <laughs> I'm having it, it right now. <laughs> <laughs> what does a laughter coach do? <laughs> Just to recommend people uh, one minute, three times a day. So to... yeah, I'm and in the summer in June we'll have a laughter workshop, a Kabbalistic laughter workshop. So it will involve both uh, wisdom and consciousness around the importance of laughter and really the secrets behind it. It's very, very fascinating when you put the Kabbalistic lenses on and you look at, at humor and comedy and laughter. And there's, there's a morning meditation, right? I overlook it now because we're supposed to be doing it every day. But you're supposed to inject laughter. Yeah, yeah. There's tons of... Is references it, is, is and it just teachings. to think about it or is it to actually like to to outwardly laugh well, i think outwardly the, the the more expressive you can be the better i think <laughs> i think the more people hear you the, the more effective you are <laughs> and the more you're gonna feel it right but there's so many fascinating things so it's going to be like a um but not just a boring lecture it's going to be very experiential too so like very hands-on exercises and and practical tools for your day-to-day and -day how to get yourself into that state because there are two types of laughter really right there's like the uh, spontaneous laughter when when something makes you laugh mm -hmm. right uh you listen to a funny joke or you look, look watch something funny on youtube but then there's intentional laughter which is you initiated for no reason, which a lot of people think, oh, well, that's silly, right? But again, that's our adult mind talking. It's like, why would I laugh for no reason? Nobody, there's nothing funny going on in here, right? So when we train ourselves to do that, and yeah, maybe be a little bit silly, like it, it brings back this playfulness. And I see laughter just as a tool. It's not the purpose, and it's not, you know, to get everyone to live in a world where everybody's just laughing, but it is a tool. And you know, it's backed up today by science and how healthy laughter is and what it does to the body and our physiology, everything. Um, but I really see it as a tool to to raise our vibration, to raise our consciousness, to raise our energy levels, and it's just a very fun tool to to use. And it's unique, right? I'm, I'm reading a book about a you know a woman who met met her spouse because she had like she what she thought was this really annoying laugh that stood out but that's what like signaled her spouse to come across the bar and come talk to her that's funny. so it's very interesting to think it's like this is part of like what is like a like a pig laugh like a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever it was it may have been like a shrieky laugh <laughs> i guess that could be part of the class too the different types or classes of laughter yeah you yeah. know um 
but it's it's distinguished. And I know when I listen to myself and look back, listen to some of these podcasts, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, like it's funny. It's like takes you back to when you were seven years old and first heard yourself on a recorder. Yeah, but it's contagious. Yeah. Um, you no, know, the first time I I remember seeing the power of laughter in my life, I was young and went on a family trip. It was in South Germany. And my brother, my older brother, got an, an ear ear infection. And my parents went out somewhere, and it was just me and him in the room. Uh, I think it was a hotel room. I would, must have been like 8 or something like that. He was 12. And so we had nothing to do. So I, I kind of, you know, I, I don't remember what I did exactly. But, you know, I love to just be silly and goof around. And, like, I like to impersonate, imitate people and do things. So <laughs> I just got him to laugh. Doing silly things, I just got him to laugh. And we were laughing together and laughing by the time my parents got back, like he had no pain anymore, he had no pain anymore, wow. and he didn't need to take antibiotics, and the infection eventually went away. But he was really in pain before, so I, I remember this this actually fairly recently, and I'm like, wow, yeah, early on, I I remember like being connected and and seeing the the power and value of of laughter. Wow, um, that's. That's next level, but there really is a physiological, like endorphins get produced absolutely from, you know, movement and, uh, you know, also, yeah, feeling joy of any kind, any kind of pleasurable experience triggers your parasympathetic nervous system. Yeah. And, and when you're sick, your body is like attacking whatever the infection is. Right. Yeah. So that's why, you know, a lot of people like get very irritable when they're sick. It's like, you're not it's very hard to stay calm yeah so i know some of the you know the the healing work is also around examining thoughts or feelings around healing and recovery like making that okay um so talk a little bit uh, about the theta healing uh yeah and and how does it all tie together and then (laughs) we'll uh we'll close with this you telling us what you got coming up and how people can find yeah um i was introduced to it a couple of years back and um i saw it as another tool in my arsenal of tools that um, help me work with people and um, what it what it does is, is mainly mainly two things uh, the main two things that I use from from theta healing is one uh, we call it digging digging is is basically asking good questions when you sit with someone asking good questions that lead towards finding really the root cause uh, limited belief right a lot of in this work, you, you use your intuition. You kind of also use body language. You know, you're asking questions, you're checking. I'm sure you're familiar with, with all of it. It's not just to uh, the theta healing. Um, but the second thing it does, it's using uh, meditation. And it's using theta is a brainwave, right? It's a brainwave that is a deep, relaxed state. So what I love about it is, and I'm using also Kabbalistic is that meditation. The same? Is that that's for our listeners now? Is that one of the stages of sleep? Delta is sleep. Uh, it's like one before. So it's a, just, you're not asleep, but you're very calm. You're very relaxed. It's like this relaxed state. And when we're accessing uh, through meditation, we can access that relaxed state. And when we're accessing that, it's much, much easier and more effective to access and make change on the subconscious mind. Because that's really where we're holding most of our limited beliefs. Right? So things like intellectually, let's say, I know. I shouldn't procrastinate. I know I shouldn't, right? But somewhere in my subconscious mind, there is this um, belief that there's some gain for me. When I procrastinate, mm, it feels good. You know, I get some comfort. So my subconscious mind will always run back to what's familiar and, and will adapt that procrastination. Now, when we get through a meditative state, we're accessing uh, uh, the subconscious mind, we, we can... We program it, so to speak. We can we can pull out this limited belief much much more effective than just telling a person stop being lazy, stop procrastinating. I know I should, but I can't, right? Um, and replace it with something else. Uh, there's more to it, and there's a whole process to it, and, and powerful tools. But I use it as another tool together with Kabbalah, together with with uh, Kabbalistic tools um, to just help people unblock themselves. And is it meant to be done with a solo practitioner or in a group? Uh, it's more one-on-one. Yeah, it's more one-on-one. It sounds very much like uh, EMDR, which is part of my practice, which is about taking the story uh-huh. and then looking at uh, 
the way in which maybe the negative story or painful event mm-hmm. is causing you to feel, mm-hmm. and then choosing the more adaptive story. How would you like to think about yeah. your procrastinator? How would you like to think about your movement towards your goals? Oh, I'd like to be uh, persistent but cautious. Okay, well, when you think about that, how are you? how are you moving? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and I know hypnosis also does that too, right? Yeah. What, what's it like if you're experiencing yourself, you know, and you're, you're able to exercise and you're, you're free of the smoking and, well, you know, it's like your subconscious has to see, right, the gold, or the yeah. light at the end of the tunnel in order to move towards it. Exactly, exactly. And it was a big part, like a, we started this conversation of finding my authentic self. And so I used a lot of this and, and I combined it also with, with the tool of affirmations, on uh, the sessions that I also do soul affirmation that is um basically after we've find the limited we found the limited belief and we uprooted it, we want to replace it with something new, right? The new story that you said. So do you have uh clients or, or students uh create a few affirmations that they post or read? Yeah, or? so there are many, many beautiful ways and powerful and effective ways to use affirmation. We hear a lot about affirmation, but sometimes they're not being used right or effectively, right? Like just saying, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself. It's not going to do that much, you know? Yeah, you don't believe uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, because you don't believe it. And your subconscious mind doesn't really believe it, so it will push it away, right? Um, so there's a way of using it, um, it that anchors more emotionally, that you really feel connected to it um energetically and emotionally there's ways of using it um listening to your own voice saying it out loud together um there are many many techniques that in which you can the words that you choose are very important how you phrase it so it's a whole art by itself to find the the why the ones that really stick with you the ones that really resonate with you and then how to use them also in a way that you really start to you write a new story that you actually buy into and you feel it. It's not just a story. You experience it. You feel it in your body. You feel all, all so the So you have to develop a relationship to your affirmations. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to develop yeah. a relationship to how you talk to yourself. Yes. That's a relationship to how you feel about how you're talking to yourself. Yeah. Because uh, we're all doing it and not paying attention, probably. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, incredible, incredible. And so, you know, any tips out there for other people on their journey with, um, you know, you know, in closing, that's our, you know, little wrap up reminder, you know, about how to get closer to authenticity and, uh, then tell us how everyone can get a hold of you and, uh, upcoming classes you have. And ways yes. To reach you. Yes. Close, closer to authenticity. Uh, I think what we said earlier, taking the time to, to go inside and asking better questions, um, asking myself, not what I suck at, but ask, um, you know, what am I good at and what are my gifts? What are my strengths? What am I passionate about? What do I love? Um, and also kind of notice with whom am I allowing myself to be my true self? In which environment do I thrive? Right. Those are the kind of ways that, that will connect you to your essence and your authentic self. And then it's just a matter of giving yourself permission to express it and overcoming the, oh, what they're going to think about me because all of that is BS. Uh, belief system right <laughs> uh-huh, i like that uh-huh. like that little one <laughs> that good. one was for you uh, <laughs> and uh yeah ways to find me um various ways you can find me on facebook on instagram uh you can find me at the kabbalah center uh my services are on inventbrite uh all the proceeds go to charity for the kabbalah center as a non-profit any sessions the solar formation or the theta healing um, and coming up workshops is uh, April 30th. There's the next round of improv workshop that's called Introducing You. That's so it's plenty really... of heads up. You can't yeah, avoid yeah, that. Yeah. No time to clear your calendars. <laughs> yeah, and watch out for the laughter, Kabbalistic laughter workshop in, in June. Yes. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, thank you, you know, for sharing with me the gifts and. I didn't even know all these things that you had working on. Um, you know, how do people find you if they want to get you on their next uh, rap video? Or... <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, also, I have spoken word on Inside Timer. So you can look me up on the app. Is that the right? Daniel Noah on Inside Timer, the meditation app. There's uh, wow. plenty of my spoken word uh, pieces recorded, too. <laughs> that, might, that might be a workshop I need to attend just to, you know... <laughs> 
Do you rehearse it or just see what flows? Is that about trusting? Well, sometimes just freestyle, right? But that's different. But the spoken word, I, I take the time and write it, and then I practice in performing it. Wow. That's like a guilty pleasure of mine. I'm watching the backstory on Wu-Tang Clan and oh, my freestyle competitions. And oh, I'm like, yeah. I where did that. all that come from? <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's fascinating. Um, so that's that's amazing. And so um, thank you, Daniel Noor. Thank you so much for having me. This yeah. was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Opening us up. We, we survived our escape room uh, podcast yeah. studio. Running out of oxygen here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So uh, if if you see us reply to your uh, DMs on Instagram, that means we made it out okay. Uh, as always, uh, Richard listens. We're going to try and get on the regular, hopefully um, airing shows weekly, uh, and uh, bringing out some more live footage when possible as well. Hope to be out uh, with our local LA XFL team on March eighth, and getting a uh, a view with uh, my former co-host peter Sobey, see what he's got going on out there nice. uh, as always accepting new clients in my beverly hills office i'm available to work with you one-on-one or uh, with your team or organization and focusing on sports performance and ways to get yourself unstuck or like we talked about if you're stuck on on if you're on overdrive if you're too stressed i can help you rework your nervous system to slow it down a little bit, use some of the tools we did today. And, uh, you know, if all else fails, we'll get together and we'll practice some laughter therapy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll both walk out, uh, change people. So thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate all the support follows. Um, stay tuned for ways to give, uh, you know, a buck a show, two buck a show, anything to keep, uh, sharing amazing content. Keep your eyes out. 2020 Richard listens, Crossing the Threshold uh, guides to uh, overcoming your next peak performance. And lastly, put your email on my website and get a free copy of my ebook. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks again to Daniel. Thank you. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state-of-the-art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.